The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. We're here because God is good. All the time God is good. Sometimes we go through trials and difficulties, but still God guides us, helps us, leads us, strengthens us and watches over us. And he's been doing that this week and we're grateful for what he has been doing in our lives and through our lives this week. Now, if you've been here over the last few weeks or if you haven't, one of the things we're doing at the moment in our series is that we're looking at the book of James. And so that is a letter towards the end of your, in the New Testament, actually really quite on in the New Testament, just after the letter to the Hebrews. And we started a couple of weeks ago and we're going to be carrying on looking at James this morning. We're in the first chapter. We haven't got beyond that yet or quite yet. And in the first couple of uh, sessions that we've had, we've looked at the fact that there's various themes that have been opened up during this first chapter. And some of those are things like this, hardships and trials, the royal law of love, and that is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself, wisdom, wealth, and words. And today, we're going to look a little bit more at words. We've already looked at trials and temptations and wisdom. We looked at that the last time I spoke. And today, we're going to look at words. Now, when I say words, I'm talking about a whole broad section of things. Well, not only the words themselves, but the fact that words come off our tongues. And so we're looking at what we speak. We're looking at the words that we say. We're looking at how we speak. We're looking at the word as well, the word as in the Bible, Scripture, and the teaching that comes from that is all summarized under this one phrase, the word or words. So that's what we're going to do. So perhaps just to remind you of where we've been so far, last week when we were, last week but one, uh, last time is what I mean to say, we were looking at James. Verse 12 says this, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. And we were looking at this fact of trials, difficulties, they come to us. But you know what James is saying? He's not saying, like, bring it on, because it's not like he wants more of them. But what he is saying is this. Look, they are there to actually help us, because when we're going through hardships, there's something that's coming against us that we have to press forward in. And so there's a sense in which, although they are difficulties, God is using those things to help us move forward. I know it doesn't always feel like it. You know, when you're going through a trial, you're thinking, like, okay, I don't want this. That's the last thing I need. But God is interested in the faith that is in you. And he's interested in the hope that is in you. And he's interested in the purpose that he has for you. And so some of that might need refining. Some of that might need strengthening. And so God is doing his work and he's helping us to persevere. And that sense of pressing forward is what we need to do. But last time, not only did we see that, but we also saw about temptation. And let's just look at this verse, verses 14 and 15 in chapter 1. But each one, James says, is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, James is not only pointing out a pattern that happens, 
desire leading on and sin and leading on. He's showing a process that happens within us. But he's also really talking about the fact that all of us have a voice within us. There's something that speaks to us. It's not just the cry for, I want to have another cake or something like that. There are, it's almost like words are within us. And I'm not talking about, oh, you know, no, I'm not one of those people. I haven't got voices in my head all the time. No, no. It's just that you have a feeling, this is what I want to do. There's a voice that speaks within you. But that is our own desire or can be our own desire if we're listening to that voice. And James is wanting to bring to the people who are reading this letter, he's wanting to bring to them this understanding. We need to be careful about listening to that voice. Because that voice is being dominated by our flesh. And it's a lot of it is dealt with is self-protection, looking after ourselves, selfish behavior, looking after our own desires. This is what I want. And those things are not necessarily what God is wanting. So as he progresses, he goes on in verse 16 to say this, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. He's just been talking about temptation and the way that that voice inside us can lead our desire, leads us, well, this is what I want. And as we keep giving ourselves to that, we're falling into sin. And you know what? The end result of sin is death. There's a process there. He's saying, listen, don't be deceived by that. You need to know this. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Now, he's not just saying, look, by the way, all good gifts come from God. And by the way, there's temptation. He's trying to point out to the readers this. Listen, guys, you need to listen to what's going on inside of you. It's time to be a little bit of self-aware. It's time to take note of what's happening in your mind. Notice some of the things that are coming into your mind. Notice what they're saying. Now, some of those things are leading you away from God. And if you follow them, they're leading you into the pathway of sin. But God brings only good things. And if we want to follow his ways, then we want to follow the things that are good for us, and we want to go his way. So there's a sense in which James is saying, like, there are two ways to follow, and we know this in Scripture. You know what? There's a narrow path, and there's a broad way. The broad way leads to destruction, but the narrow path leads to life. So it's just talking about those ways, if you like, but in a different format. So James is trying to help us that the pathways that are open to all of us are looking to God, looking for goodness, looking for his mercy, looking for those blessings that he can bring to us, or looking to ourselves, looking to our own inner desire. And if we do that, then we risk the fact of falling into sin, and that in itself can lead to death. Now, we want to walk, I believe, in the good and perfect way, and therefore we need to follow what God wants for us. Now, James goes on to show one example of God's good and perfect gifts. Because in verse 18, he says this, He chose us to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits for all he created. He's pointing out that we have received this gift of salvation. That's a gift. It's a perfect and good gift that has come from God. And we have received that because we've received the word of truth that has come to us. And God, in effect, has spoken into our lives and brought change to our lives. And we have benefited from that. It says he chose. He chose to give us birth. And that just identifies the fact that God has made a decision 
The understanding of the Greek is it's like of his will. He has made his mind up. I want to choose you. I want to choose you for salvation. What a privilege. What a privilege. You've been in those sports situations at school, haven't you? Well, of course, those of you who are athletes, can you just close your ears for a moment? Those of us who aren't athletes, those of us who weren't really up to the grade, we were the ones left hoping that somebody would pick us and ending up in goal or something like that, or ending up being fairly useless on the pitch. That was really what my own position was. Never been much of an athlete, but there we go. We won't rest on that. God is helping me and healing me through those processes. Indeed, indeed. God chose you. He chose you. Talking about the maker of the heavens and the earth, the creator of the universe, and yet he has said, I want you. A choice of his will, he has chosen us and called us. And the apostle John, he wrote in his gospel, you did not choose me. Talking of God speaking, you did not choose me, but I chose you and have appointed you to bear fruit. The word of truth has come to us, and we have believed that truth, and we have found salvation for our sins. We have recognized that Jesus died on the cross to take away our sins. We have been born again by the work of God in our lives. But you know what? Just as every newborn baby doesn't have, we've heard about a new baby being born just this week. A newborn baby doesn't stay newborn. As soon as they arrive, it's activity. You know, both ends. Feeding and also cleaning. It's happening all the time. The baby is being looked after. The baby needs food. The baby is given food straight away so that that baby can grow up. And it's the same for newborn believers. We're not supposed to stay, oh, thank you, Jesus, my sins are sorted, fine, I'm off to heaven. We're supposed to grow up. We're supposed to take on board food. We're supposed to increase in understanding and in wisdom and in obedience to the things of God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be growing up as Christians. And James is encouraging all of us to leave behind the selfish behavior that we've got used to. Don't tell me that we're not used to it. We're used to walking in the ways of the flesh. Before we were saved, this is life. Now suddenly Jesus has come and a new way of life is being presented to us. And sometimes that clashes. Hey, I always used to go and get drunk on a Friday night. I'm not speaking personally right now. This is an example for everybody. I always used to get drunk on a Friday night. And, but now... You know what, when I used to hit my hand with a hammer or something, swear words would come out. In fact, not just then, when the parking warden gave me a ticket, swear words are coming out of my mouth. But now, there's changes that are coming to our lives. And we can give all sorts of different examples that may have happened to us, but sometimes the old ways remain in us. Is the old way of swearing still something that grips you? You see, sometimes we need to say, okay, it's time now to have a refreshing, to have a washing of the old desires, the old ways, the old patterns of behavior. It's time to turn to God and to seek his good and his perfect will and his perfect blessings into our lives. And we do that by walking in the word of truth that God is bringing to us. Now, what is that word of truth? Well, really, James is looking at it from all sorts of different angles. He's looking at it from the angle of the word of truth is really the revelation that God has brought to you. 
And that can happen anywhere and at any time. It's just that God, you just like, it just seems that God's spoken to me. It's just that he's revealed something to me. I understand something. That's revelation from God. And that can be his word of truth coming to you. It can be the work of the Holy Spirit that is just bringing something to your mind or stirring your heart. That can also happen. Or it can be literally that you are reading the word of truth. And you are reading what God has spoken and God has, God has caused to be written down. You're reading that and that is coming into you and that's bringing life to you. But you're receiving the word of truth into you and that word of truth is making a difference to you. And James is saying, listen, I want you to listen to the word of truth. Take hold of it. Get away from those dark ways, those selfish ways, and now walk in the ways of God. All of that is by introduction to what we want to speak about today. Okay, hallelujah. So here we come to our point today. We want to look at verse 19 and just a couple of verses on from there. And this is what it says in verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So we're looking at quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Take note of this. So when you see that, it doesn't mean just pass it by. It doesn't mean quickly turn the page. It means, ooh, take note of this. James is bringing a word to his readers. With all of what I've just been talking about as the background, he's bringing this to them so that they may understand. Ooh. There's two ways that we can receive this. And... I think both of them are, are linked together, so we can easily look at both of them in one go. James is saying, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And he's talking about that in the fact of us and our attention being upon God. You see, because James is talking about us changing our life from our former way of life, just listening to ourselves, just listening to what seems anything that comes through here. Oh, I'll listen to that. Yeah, I fancy doing that. I'll do that. He's saying, no, 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 no. We're trying to get away. We're trying now to walk in a new way of life. And now it's time to listen to God. And so the whole of this scripture can be related to the fact of, this is my attitude now towards my Father in heaven. But it's not only that, because this is the attitude that my Father in heaven wants not only towards himself, but as I give that to him, he's also saying, this is what I want for you with other people around you. And so it's both of those things, not only how we are relating to God and how he is speaking to us, but also how God is speaking to us about how we need to relate to those who are around us. We need to be slow, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's what we need. Now, how do we mark ourselves on that? Ooh, perhaps I won't wait too long for any feedback on this. But I do know this. Listening needs skills. It needs certain skills. And the skills I have listed down, of which there are probably many more, are these three. Effort, focus, and patience. Listening needs effort. It needs focus and patience. Some of those of you right now, 
If you're feeling condemned, because you do a lot of speaking, just listen and learn, and we'll go through it. And in fact, it's for all of us, so we're all listening and learning. It takes effort, you see, because we all want to speak. We all want to make our point known. We all want to put across what we feel, because we want to get involved. We want to be part of what's going on. So we want to speak out and give our input, because it's very important what me, I'm very important what I've got to say. And what an advantage I have right now, because I'm doing all of the talking. And you're having to do the listening. But you see, it takes effort for us to stop. Whoa! I'll switch off the voice, and I'll switch on the hearing. That is hard. It's harder for some than others. It's harder in some circumstances than others. You know what? When somebody else is just giving it all this to you, you jolly well want to rise up and give them some back. But you see, what is the word telling us? Because James has said, listen, I want you to take note of this. I want you to take note of this. This is like saying, hey guys, this is a priority. It's not one that I'm feeling very warm to. Because to be honest, I want to express my opinion. But he's saying, listen, you need to be quick to listen. And if you're going to be quick to listen, it's going to take effort because you're literally going to have to stop and think about it. You're going to need to shut down the speaking. And instead, you're going to have to give some listening. It takes focus. Because if you're going to listen to somebody, then you need to give your focus and your attention to them to listen to them. You know what it's like when somebody is speaking to you and you're looking at the TV. Oh, maybe that's never happened to you. <laughs> Television's on, you're engrossed in a program. And somebody close to you comes in because they wish to speak to you. Moment of tension there. Moment of tension. What do I do? Do I stop actually listening to the TV? And do I turn my attention? I'm being encouraged from the front row. That is the right behavior. Not only from the front row. This is the right behavior of what James is saying. The thing is, it's not as easy. You see, when we're listening to the word, oh yeah, we receive that. If that's what God's telling us this morning, that's fine. We're talking the practical situations is when it suddenly gets difficult. And that's when we're learning what is going on in our minds. What's going on? That's difficult. Don't worry. That phone is slowly quiet now. It takes effort. It takes focus. It takes patience. Why patience? Why? <laughs> Why does it take patience? Lots of things take patience. It takes patience because we need to listen to what somebody is actually saying to us. You know, ah, oh, I'm watching. They're just about to score a goal in this football match. I can see it coming. And now you want to talk to me about something that is seemingly pathetic or not really as important as this. The word pathetic is not good. Notice the reaction across the whole congregation at that moment. I take that one back and we could. You know what I mean. We're just trying to paint a picture here. A picture of reality. A picture that it takes patience. You see, the word of God is very practical. But sometimes it's a bit sharp. Especially when it starts to affect our lives. Oh, I can do that, but I can't do that. I'll go that far, but I'm not going to go that far. But you see, we're being encouraged to say, no, 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 that's not how it is. Do you remember that you're not supposed to be just following your ways? Do you remember that you're supposed to be going his way? 
And this is his way. His way is different. How many of you have heard the phrase, you never listen to what I say? Obviously, my hand's up, you know, okay. <coughs> We've heard that phrase. What about with God? You know, I said this is, passage is looking both ways. It's not looking only about how we're dealing with people around us, but it's also involved with our attitude towards God. Well, how good are we at listening to God? I don't want you to do that anymore. Are we listening? Are we looking at the TV and blanking that out? What's happening? You notice that James, he just uses a few words, but he seems to have a sharp stick in his hand. He seems to be, I felt that. I felt that. What are you trying to get at me? Are we listening to what God is saying, or are we too busy talking and trying to get our point across to him? Hey, this is what you need to do. I've been in this situation for ages. You don't seem to be taking any notice of me. I don't know whether it's worth following you anymore. What's going on? We lose perspective. We lose understanding. We need to be listening to God. And if we're going to learn anything this morning, then we want to take note of what James is saying to us. We need to be quick to listen. Why do we need to be quick to listen? Because listening does this. Listening shows respect. Now, it's not just, I'm respecting you, God. I recognize who you are. Listen, if the queen came in here, respect. Because we understand she is the monarch. We understand this woman is a noble woman. We may not agree with everything she says, but and she's only a little lady. Little lady or not, we would be up on our feet. We would be honoring her. We would be showing her respect. That's the queen. I'm talking about the king of kings. The one who is above every other. The one through whom all things have been made. The almighty, the all-powerful one. The one who knows all things. I'm talking about him. And you know what? Listening is respect when we listen to him and he has something to say through his word. When we listen to him, we're showing respect. But it's the same is true right in the home situation, the work situation, when you have got another person who's talking to you. When we listen, we're showing respect. Okay, I respect you enough. You see, the example of the TV program I'm guilty of this, okay? Let's just get that out in the open. I'm guilty. I'm not going to... I am guilty. I find it difficult to rein in the frustration at that moment. That's the truth. And it shows a lack of respect. I'm not interested in what you're saying. Now, it's helpful because we, got, we have examples. Okay, now I understand what you're talking about. And, you know, we can laugh about it in a home situation, marriage situations, family situations, because, okay, that's just part of family life. Just think, is this how we're treating God? Listening shows respect. And we want to show respect. Listening shows self-control. Because, you see, the self-control is what takes to say, like, whoa, I'm getting really annoyed at this, but I'm just going to sit on that. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to listen anyway. That's what self-control is. Taking control 
of yourself. Getting hold of all the emotions that are just rushing through at that moment and just saying, stop. I will listen. It takes self-control. Self-control is learned because it's a gift of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit, rather. So as we're walking in the Spirit, we can grow in that. That's why it's important to be walking daily with God, reading the Word, praying to Him, drawing close to Him, worshipping Him, even if it's in a hospital like that. Praise the Lord. Listening shows respect. Listening shows self-control. Listening shows humility. As I say, there's many situations, and you have just heard enough. In fact, you've heard a few words from them, and now you have the answer to what they need. And so therefore, rather than listening anymore, you now want to give them the answer. That is me as well. It's also a male thing, I think. Quick, let's give an answer. Let's sort this out now. So there's a quick answer coming up. It takes humility to say, you know what? Even though I think what I want to say could be really good, I need to rein it in and wait until they have finished speaking. This is not a perfect situation. I am not standing here by any way saying I have this together. I'm just talking about what James is telling us because he said, I want you to take note of this. Will all of you be quick to listen and slow to speak? I'm in process. I guess we're all in process. But being in process doesn't mean actually like, hey, we're, done, we're, we're, we're having a go. It's saying, I want you to do this because you're supposed to be getting on a goal. You're supposed to be reaching somewhere where you're being perfected in these things. We're supposed to be making choices where we're getting away from operating out of the flesh, operating out of our selfish desires, and operating in the ways of God. That's where we're supposed to be getting to. And that's the route we need to be on. How do we improve on this? Well, first of all, we remember what James has told us. Take note of this, we're told, that we need to stop talking and we need to start listening. Secondly, we just need to get on with it. Procrastination gets you nowhere. Doing nothing makes no change. Actually saying, okay, I'm going to do something about it. And can I just say this? There's a degree of honesty that's required here as well. Whether it's with God or whether it's with other people. Sometimes, you know, you're listening and listening and you say, I'm sorry. I'm losing track of what you're saying. I am getting bored of listening to it. There's a sense in which sometimes you just got to say, I'm being honest. And you know, sometimes you can say, you've got to be honest with God. God, I've lost it. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've, I've, I've got caught up with other things. That's being honest. I didn't say it's going to get you out of trouble. It's just being honest about the situation. But those are practical ways. Remembering what James has said, actually getting on and doing it, and being honest when we're fine, we're getting bored, or actually just digging deeper and resisting that boredom and just saying, I'm going to listen. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. But the verse goes on to say this. It says, be slow to become angry. Why does anger arise? Well, you know, anger arises usually when we have a blocked goal. That's what they say, a blocked goal. That is, something comes, a barrier comes into our lives some way, and, it, and it, it sort of stops us getting the outcome that we were looking for. You know, like it's like a family saying, right, tomorrow, Saturday, we're all going to go out as a family. We're going to go down the beach. We're going to pack up the car. We're going to take our sandwiches. We're going to have a great day out. Come on. And everybody's excited on Friday night. And come Saturday morning, they're loaded up the car. They get in. And they find the battery's gone flat. At that moment, you say, what's the matter with this car? 
Because there's a blocked goal. All of the things you'd desired, all of the things you'd spoken about, all of the hopes that you'd laid down, they're suddenly brought to a crashing halt. And it's like, oh, it's not going to work. You know, that. that is what I'm talking about. And that's when frustrations and anger... Listen, none of us like to say we get angry. Okay, so one of the problems we have when talking about this is, is we're talking about something, well, I don't get angry. That's one of the problems. Frustration, annoyance, however we want to call it, however we're trying to belittle it so that it doesn't make us look too bad because we know really what's going on within us, we call it something else. But I'm just going to call it anger today. And what James tells us is that we're supposed to be slow to becoming angry. It's not only, though, a blocked goal like that. Sometimes it's because you just feel like somebody's done wrong to me. That was wrong. I'm not having that. I'm not having that behavior. And that's what suddenly sparks you off and sparks you into a whole torrent of not listening but actually expressing something. What's your experience with anger? Now, I say that because different experiences, different ways of bringing up different expressions. I don't know what's going on in your home. Because some people think that angry is just somebody shouting. But you say, what is anger? Anger, actually, as the dictionary says this, it, the dictionary describes anger as a strong feeling of displeasure. A strong feeling of displeasure or aggressive, hostile nature or an attitude aroused by wrong. And there's two ways that anger is expressed. As I just said, verbally, outwardly, abundantly. I came from a home where my mum was like that and some of those traits <laughs> passed on <laughs> to my sisters. No, 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 no that's, not, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> some of those traits passed on. But what in your situation? Because you see, not every family, anger is dealt like that. Sometimes anger is dealt like, there's no verbal outcome. There's no raising of the voices. There's just a shutdown. Block you out. That type of situation. But you see, if you're one of those people, you can often say, and it has been said to me, oh, we don't get angry. What you mean is you don't raise your voice. We don't have raised voices. We have other ways of dealing with the frustrations, with the complications of life, with the things that come against us, with the blocked goals, with the frustrations that we feel of what somebody else is doing to us. We have other ways of, extra uh, of dealing with them. I was talking to somebody about this and they used this phrase to me. There's either a strangle them or starve them outcome. And I thought, actually, I quite like that. Obviously, the strangle them. No, I'm not suggesting we do this in any way. The strangle them, you understand that. Or you starve them. You, you know, like, it's like I'm not here. I'm starving you of relationship. And you see, the thing is, all of these things, and both of these ways are dealing, are dealing with things, are both signs of anger. James is saying to us, no, you've got to be slow. Slow. Quick to listen, yes. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. That's where you need to get to. Now, you know, this can uh, fit in exactly with our attitude towards God. We don't get, I don't get angry with God. Really? This is where the whole thing about self-awareness. Look, if we're not self-aware at all, 
We're not going to notice what's going on here. We're not going to notice what our desires are telling us. We're not even going to say, I haven't got an inner voice. We have. Because sometimes God says, listen, I don't want you to do that anymore. I'm not listening to that. Shut that down. Right, let's get back to what I want to do. You see, James is saying, whether it's to God, whether it's to other people, quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. With anger, there's four dispositions that we can have. You can be somebody who is easily angered. Quick, flies off the handle. But easily pacified. That's like one negative, one positive. Okay? You can also have this. I'm a calm person. I'm not easily angered. But I find it very difficult to be pacified. In other words, I can't really forgive. I can't get over it. I find that difficult to do. That's one positive, but one negative. You can have the person who's easily angered and very difficult to be pacified. That's negative, negative. That's not a good position. Or we can have the situation where we are not easily angered and we are easily pacified. That's positive, positive. And we need to be working towards that disposition. Where we are slow to become angry. And even if something did frustrate us, it can be quickly resolved and sorted out. That's where we're being taken to. We need to be quick to listen to God. Quick to do the things that he is saying. Quick to get rid of all the rubbish and junk that comes in our lives. And you know what? That's what James goes on to say in verse 21. He says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that is planted in you. That can save you. You see, the word, the revelation of God, the work of the Holy Spirit, reading his truth, the word can save us. The word can help us. And that's what we need. We need his word. Guys, you can come on. We need to humbly accept his word. And you know, one of the things we see with James is that he has got this deep background in Proverbs. And if you go to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, My son, my daughter, if you accept my words and store up my commandments within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come understanding, come knowledge and understanding. Folks, obedience... Is better than sacrifice. That's what the Bible says. But you know what? Sacrifice is easier to bring than obedience. You see, it's easier to say, okay, I'll get my sheep. I'm looking at Old Testament. I'll get my sheep. I'll do, I'll do something. I'll go to church. I'll make it right. That's just a bit of sacrifice. I'll get it out of the way. So in the Old Testament, I bought my sheep. I, you know, I've done all the stuff. I've done the rituals. But God isn't interested in ritual. He's interested in heart change. To obey his word 
is better than just to give a quick ritual, a quick catch-up. And James goes on, I'm going to finish with this. James 1, verses 22 to 25 says this. And listen to this. Because now with all that we've been talking about, this is what James comes to and he says this. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, do what it says, is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in whatever he does. So we want to receive the word. He's saying to us, take note of this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.